It's episode number 10. That's as good as it gets, I'm afraid. Shout out to Kevin Mulvey, who said that he actually missed the little rhymes and the little jingle. And I don't know, there's something really weird. It's kind of put a fucking smile on my face. And I can sense in my mood that I'm a little bit more maybe... I know, lively or uplifted or, I don't know, just not as fucking dreary and depressing as as I feel I've been on the last maybe two or three podcasts. Now, there's going to be serious podcasts and there's going to be an angry podcast or two in there. Um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to doing them, but one thing this whole thing that Kev pointed out to me was just your awareness of your mood. And that is essentially emotional, what is it, emotional intelligence? Yeah, I think emotional intelligence is, is essentially just being aware of your mood. Like all these conversations, it always boils down to awareness. But the idea being that you should realise when you're getting angry or you should realise kind of when you're sad and when you're really happy. Because we don't. We kind of bounce through life. We kind of go through life kind of bouncing off the walls, you know, fucking like a pinball in the machine, you know, ping pong, ping pong. We we have flutters with all sorts of different emotions and we, we're angry and we're happy and we're sad and we're not, for the most part, in, in control of, of a lot of that. And uh, which could bring me down a free will rabbit hole, but I'm going to save that for another day. Again, I, I kind of touched on something that's really kind of cool that I just briefly mentioned here in my podcast with Rory. And actually, I'm just going to make... Um, this is another thing I'm going to do. I'm going to start making notes when I'm recording these solo episodes. But because I'm doing them daily, I don't get the chance to really listen to them back. And I forget what I say. So to save me kind of repeating myself, and more importantly, to make sure that I get back to what I was talking about. So I'm going to make a note here for dates and times. Because I, I want to mention that in, in this podcast. And I've already lost my train of thought. So I'm going to continue with dates and times. I've decided that I'm going to schedule... I was about to say my uploads, but not my uploads, my making my uploads private. Because, look, I live in the country, it takes me 14,500 years to download or upload anything. But fibre's coming. I was promised it two months ago. Apparently it's in the ground and it's outside my house, but, you know, aircon being aircon and Ireland being Ireland, it's still going to take me probably about 100 years to actually see the fucking terabyte meg speeds coming out of my modem. Anyway, there's another rant that I'm not going to fucking subject you to. But, yes, I'm planning on making public my recordings on specific dates. So, just to flesh that out a little bit, I have a two-hour podcast recorded with Juliana Pena and a a three-and-a-half-hour podcast recorded with Rory Coogan, both of which are fucking deadly, if I do say so myself. They're really cool. The two of them were, they were just, they were just class. And it's just, I don't know, this week has just been a fucking, it's been a good week, I have to say. It's been a great week. Kicked off by Anthony on Monday, you know, ramped up by Julie on the Tuesday and then just hammered home by Rory on the Wednesday. So they're uploaded. So they're in the cloud, say, and they're online. Now, people don't have access to them because they're marked as private. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to make Julie's public when I get up on Monday morning so 4 o'clock in the morning on Monday I'm going to hit public unmark the private and mark it public and boom it'll be available for everyone so at least then 
you've got something to look forward to, but you you know when it's coming. So you don't. One thing that Kev pointed out to me was that he kept having to kind of go into whatever app he was using to listen to it and kind of refresh and see if there was anything new there. And sometimes there was, and sometimes there wasn't. But he thought, and I'm, I tend to agree with him, that it would be better if he knew when it was coming. And put it this way. I look forward to Wednesday mornings because that's when Blind Boy uploads his podcast, and I look forward to that. And it's just a, it's a nice thing. Like like when I go to bed on a Tuesday night, I kind of say to myself, "Oh fuck yeah, deadly!" I've had to listen to it in the morning, so I, I like that idea of having something to look forward to. So what I'm going to do for the solo ones like this one I'm recording now is what a quarter to ten um, a.m. So at some stage today, I'm going to do another recording, but that will be for tomorrow's podcast. So I'll up that this evening upload that recorded and upload that this evening mark it as private and then when I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning I'll just set it to public so whenever you get up every day there'll be the daily podcast at least for the next 30 days fuck quarter of the way there so that's on the dates and the kind of timing of uploading the conversations and the solo podcast but one of the things that i that's, I think I'm getting back to what I distracted myself from there a minute ago was free will and I'm not going to go down the free will rabbit hole because that really genuinely does need its own solo podcast and I might even wait till after Lent to do that because these solo podcasts they're they're hard they are, they're work the conversations I'm having with people aren't work now they're a bit of work kind of organising it and moving my schedule to suit other people and, and getting them over here and taking up the, the time and all that there's an element of work there but when I sit down with somebody that's it. I just, I, I kind of, I hit record, I say, you know, I'm live and we start the conversation and I'm a little bit nervous beforehand and maybe for the first couple of minutes, the same as all the guests typically are. But once you get going, you're kind of off to the races. Apologies for the dogs barking, the barking in the background. That's token and D from my two German shepherds. They've just interrupted me and lost my train of thought. But yeah, there we go. Free will. And the solo podcast, sorry, the solo podcasts are work because it's forced. The conversations I'm having with people aren't forced and they're, you know, once or twice a week, say, and you look forward to them and you've got someone to hit the ball back. But in this setting, I obviously don't have that that back and forth. So it, it's, it's kind of stressful. It's hard. I mightn't necessarily have a whole pile to say on a particular day. And I've committed to doing them every day. So I just kind of have to make myself do it. Now, from a personal development point of view, it's fucking unbelievable. And there's a there's a lesson in that for me and, and maybe for, for some of you listening. The idea that when you're out of your comfort zone, that's that's really when you progress. If you're not if you're not putting yourself out there, if you're not if you're not putting yourself out there, if you're not engaging in something that's you know difficult and hard and maybe stressful and maybe really tiring you're never really progressing as much at least otherwise so i can't recommend kind of intentionally putting yourselves under certain amounts of unnecessary stress say i say unnecessary stress because it's stress that you didn't necessarily have to go through but i wouldn't call it unnecessary as such because in order for you to develop as a fucking person or for, for me to develop as a person say, you need that you need that stress you need that adversity and better you go looking for it than it coming to get you and again that's your 
exploratory systems firing. So when you're out there looking for something to stress yourself out about, oh yeah, that thing in the corner of the shed that I've been fucking avoiding for the last two years, I'm going to attack that today and I'm going to just fucking do it. Whatever it is, maybe it's cleaning out the boot of your car, maybe it's clipping your fucking toenails. It doesn't matter what it is. All that matters is it's something that you don't want to do. Pick it. We, half of you have probably already thought of ten fucking things that are on your list of things that you've been meaning to do for a week or a month or your entire life and you haven't and you haven't done it because it's going to be hard and it's going to be painful but odds are you fucking built it up in your head and if you just attack the fucking thing or and maybe not at all maybe there's a maybe there's a start so in keeping with the corner of your shed analogy there's a corner of your shed that's just been a nine now replace the corner of your shed with you know the state of your bedroom or the state of your car or maybe it's something maybe it's homework you haven't finished maybe it's it's a something maybe it's a, a deadline that you have to meet with work attack the whole thing and go for it and finish it if that's feasible but if it's maybe a little bit bigger and odds are it is because if it was something that you could just kind of do in five minutes you probably would have had it done maybe not but anyway if it is bigger than something that you can just do in five minutes, set aside a block of time and have a plan of what you're going to do in that time. And maybe the first time that you attack it, all you want to do is organize a plan in your head. So plan to make a plan. So say today, this evening, I'm going to have half an hour but between, I don't know, five and six at some stage or whatever. Just plot out a little space of time. Maybe you usually sit down in the evenings and watch telly at nine o'clock push that out to half nine and use that half hour block to just attack something and just get a bit of it done even again it's like I, f- I sound like a fucking broken record here going on about incremental improve or incremental yeah incremental improvements but it's not always incremental improvements often it's steps increments you know pieces don't bite off more than you can chew and don't think about doing things in terms of doing the entire thing like if, if you want to build a little, I don't know, a brick barbecue out the back of your house, don't think about clearing away the area and buying the brick and getting the cylinder and getting the plumber and getting the grill and getting the charcoal and getting this and getting that. and getting it. Don't think of it in terms of that. Pick a half an hour and say, I'm going to spend half an hour clearing away that area. Maybe you'll go to do it and you'll go, oh, fuck, I actually can't do that because I need a Kango. Well, right, we'll ring up fucking your local hire place and ask them within this half an hour period. Now, don't go over any more than you the time that you've dedicated towards it. Ring your local hire centre and see how much it costs. Let's say it's, it's, it's too much. Let's say you don't have the money. Right, well, again, use the same amount of time. Use the rest of that half an hour to think what you could maybe go without or what you could do to earn a little bit more or how long it would take you to accumulate that amount of money and just use that allocated space of time in whatever way you see fit and if you do that once a week maybe in a fortnight or maybe in a month you'll have got the kango and cleared the space or whatever it is that you're planning to do and maybe it'll take you to the end of the year before you finish your poxy barbecue but without doing that you ain't never getting that fucking barbecue. And that idea of a barbecue will could at least haunt you for the fucking rest of your life. And that's stress that comes to you. It's not stress that you've 
sauce. Again, getting back to the way your brain works and how when you are in exploring mode, you're using your exploratory part of your brain, which is dopaminergically, dopaminergically, it uses dopamine, which is essentially a feel-good, it's not a hormone, I've made that mistake previously, it's a neurochemical, but it's a neurochemical strongly related to positive emotion. So when you're out exploring, when you're looking for stuff, when you're in search of something and you're firing all those connections, they're positive connections as opposed to when you're fleeing something. And the thing that you're fleeing isn't necessarily a fucking tiger or something. It might be the barbecue or the corner of the shed or whatever thing it is. When that thing, when, when whatever that thing that you haven't done pops into your head and you don't do it, basically, you run from it. And that's, not only does that not use the parts of your brain that produce dopamine, it uses the parts of your brain that produce, I think it's cortisol. Again, I don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on anything, okay? Just for future reference, never quote me on anything. Uh, and if you've got, you know, fucking Google to hand, maybe Google cortisol and dopamine and just always verify everything that I say. Always verify everything everybody says. Um, be be your own be make yourself the most credible person that you know and by in order to do that you have to fully understand how poorly you know and understand everything and be aware of your own limitations and the limitations of other people anyway Jesus Christ where the fuck did that come out of free will the bit that I wanted to talk about, about free will, not that I'm going to do the whole free will talk now, but the bit I want to talk about is what came up with Rory. And it's the idea of the split brain. And what the split brain is, you have two hemispheres, your left and your right hemisphere. One is typically associated with, say, creativity. So imaginative things. And another word to describe that part of your brain or that side of your brain or that hemisphere is chaos. So with creativity, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot you don't know. You have to kind of make stuff up and it's all a bit kind of up in the air and a bit weird. The other side is more order, say, than chaos. And that's everything that you do understand, at least that you think you understand. And it's not particularly creative. Everything has its place. You know, people live in houses and they sleep in beds and they drive cars and everything's kind of factual and straightforward. And both those sides of the brain talk to each other. They're, they're separate hemispheres, but they are connected. And they're connected across what's called the corpus callosum. And in people with epilepsy, the firings that happen between the two hemispheres, so basically when the two hemispheres of your brain interact with each other, they send signals to one another through what's called the corpus callosum. And if you've got epilepsy, or maybe it's only certain types of epilepsy. What's happening is there's far too much activity between the two hemispheres. So much so that the brain essentially gets overloaded, it doesn't know what's going on, and it malfunctions in the form of a fit, say. So what has that got to do with free will? Well, as a treatment for epilepsy, that joint, say, or the 
the crossover between the two hemispheres is cut, and I mean severed entirely, so separated. Now the two hemispheres, I presume, are still connected at the what's called the brainstem, which is the the oldest part of the brain, the the, the brain that we had a couple of hundred million years ago, maybe. These other parts of the brain are more recent. But when that is cut, and like fucking buckle yourself in for this, brace yourself, just prepare your mind for for what I'm about to tell you. Now again, this obviously isn't my research, obviously. Um, I've heard this from Sam Harris, who's a, neuro, a world-famous neuroscientist. And I don't think it, what he's referring to is even his own work. But what I'm speaking of is easily Googled and easily verified. And as far as I'm aware, at least, this, there's no dispute about this. It's the, it's the scientific consensus. It's, it's demonstrable. That when this corpus callosum is cut and the two hemispheres are essentially independent of one another. They're independently conscious. So we all have this sense of self, which is basically that there is somebody behind your eyes, you know, working the controls almost. This sense of self is that there's there's an I, there's a me, there, there, there's, an, there's an ego, there's a, there's a something in you. And typically it's behind your eyes. You don't think that you're in your foot. You think that your foot is a part of you. If you if somebody lost their foot in an accident or wasn't born with a foot in the first place, you don't really lose a sense of self. I mean you could lose your legs and not lose your sense of self. This the sense of I isn't halved when you lose your legs and arms. You're you're still you. But that you, that I, that sense of self you are left with two of those when that corpus callosum is, shut, is cut, severed. Which means that like, each hemisphere is independent. So you have two eyes. And I don't mean two eyes to see with. You have, like, I walk the dog. You have two eyes. You have two me's. There's now two people behind your eyes, not just, not just you. And it's not just you and someone else. It's but it is. But it depends on what perspective you're taking. So it's it's you and that other guy. Unless the you is the other guy. Because if the you is the other guy, then there's someone else. So you're in there with someone else. But that someone else is always is, is also saying that I'm in here with someone else. And this is borne out in, in how these people act. So... You might meet one of these people because these people are fucking ten a penny, not ten a penny, but there's loads of them. Like this procedure has been done. It's not just this one weird case. This was a treatment for either a certain type of epilepsy or all epilepsy. I'm not sure, but these people exist out there, out in the world, and they can they can get by. Like they can have jobs and they're you know relatively normal. It's not under it's not until closer inspection that you can actually notice that there's something fucking seriously dodgy going on here, but. Put it this way, your left hemisphere controls your right hand and your right hemisphere controls your left hand. And that's, again, just you know, scientific fact. I'm not entirely sure why, but that's just the, the way it plays, that the left-hand side of your body is controlled by the right-hand side of your body and, and vice versa. So if you give, if you've had your corpus callosum cut and you've two independently conscious hemispheres, 
or two me's. One of them's in control of the left side of your brain and the other's in control. Or one of them's in control of the left side of your body and one of them's in control of the right side of your body. And you ask this person to, like the, the person, the unified person with the two inner consciousness, say. You ask that person to write down numbers with their left hand and write down or draw a picture of something with their right hand or, or whatever. You give them both separate tasks. Depending on which of your independently conscious consciousness is more holding the reins of your body than the other your right hand will reach across and push your left hand off the page that it's right and vice versa you, you will almost literally start fighting with yourself now I'm going to use that as just an introduction to the debate of free will And I'm going to let that sink in because I remember hearing that myself. I'm kind of listening to it and going, what the fuck? And uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. So I'm going to record another one today. So 11 of 40, fuck it, I'll just commit to it. 11 of 40 will be up at four o'clock tomorrow. And for the remaining 30 days, the daily podcast will be there ready to be played at four o'clock every morning and going forward even past the the when the 40 day thing is the conversations that i'm having with people will be uploaded at four o'clock in the morning or sorry made public at four o'clock in the morning every monday so this coming monday um i'm going to introduce you to juliana pena and the following monday morning i'm going to unleash rory coogan on the world <laughs> Oh wow! Like the co- I had a fucking brilliant conversation with with, uh, with Julie. That was a great one. That was brilliant. It was fucking fantastic. Uh, and I got the whole monkey off my back for not having a a female guest on. So that's put to bed. I had a fantastic conversation with Julie. Look forward to that. That that's that's really really cool. And uh, the next week is just a uh, there's something a little bit special about the next week. More special than usual. So yeah, look, I'll chat you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, um, if you've any feedback from me, I'm all ears. Uh, thanks, Kev, again for giving me the heads up as to what he was feeling in relation to not knowing when things were going to be released, etc. And that's, I suppose, just a, a heads up to everybody else listening. The feedback can happen. Like Kev only said that to me. Like, yes, was it? Yes, midday yesterday. So, literally, the next day, the whole thing changed, really. And everybody that's listening in God knows how many countries is now has now, if they were going to look forward to an episode, knows when to look forward to them. And it just goes to show how you can change what I'm doing and improve what I'm doing more to the point in real time. So keep up whatever it is, whatever challenge that you've set yourself for the remaining 30 days. If you haven't started yet, look, lads, you can still do it for the next 30 days or your 40 days can start today whatever it is you're the fucking you're you're steering the ship you're in control change your outlook change your reality change the world thanks for listening and i'll chat you tomorrow